0: 71 degrees, the humidity 71%. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work and your guest presenter today is Philip Wong. Good morning, Philip. Morning, Andrew. Hey, on today's Backchat, we're talking about Hong Kong's status as an international finance hub. Earlier this week, the government hit out at Moody's decision to change the credit outlook of Hong Kong from stable to to negative. It claims that Hong Kong's tight links with the mainland are a source of strength for the territory's long-term development, not a rating constraint. But ratings aside, the Future Investment Initiative Institute Summit is currently taking place here. The second international financial event held in Hong Kong within two weeks, organizers say Hong Kong was chosen to host the event precisely because it's a global financial and investment hub that serves as a bridge to the mainland and the rest of Asia. And from high finance, we'll shift gears after 9.45 a.m. to talk Tay-Tay. Wise Taylor Swift, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. You like that, eh, Philip? Yeah. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message here on our Facebook page, email us at factchat at rthk.hk, or call us on 233 66 uh, we're going to welcome our guests to the show to talk about Hong Kong's status as an international financial center, starting with Ambassador Emer L. Hanawi, a former senior diplomat with an international career spanning over 30 years, most notably as Consul General to London and to Hong Kong and as an ambassador to Slovakia. Uh, he retired as the Consul General in Hong Kong, but he's been uh, building cultural and commercial relations uh, between the Arab world and Chinese organizations. Good morning, Ambassador. Good morning, sir. And uh, good morning to all your listeners in Hong Kong and beyond. Thank you very much. All right, good to have you on the show. Uh, you are going to be joined on the show today by Andy Kwan, who is a director for the ACE, ACE uh, Center for Business and Economic Research. Andy, good morning. Good morning. All right, Andy, I want to kick off with this uh, this uh, ratings uh, from Moody's. Uh, and my first question is, does it matter? I mean, I mean, Hong Kong issues debt kind of for fun. I mean, you know, our government does not depend on debt for its spending. Uh, It has been deficit spending, uh, but it has such massive reserves that it can draw down for quite some time before it, you know, hits the bottom and has to start borrowing to survive. Hopefully we'll never get there. But I mean, uh, why do these ratings matter?
0: Uh, This rating matters in the sense that, uh, you know, there are many uh, companies in Hong Kong, firms in Hong Kong, they need to raise money. so whatever you uh, you get a downgrade, that will affect the cost of borrowing money. So cost is higher in that respect. But it also serves a warning. You have to do better, you have to perform better in order to uh, get back the confidence. I think there's, uh, there's a minor issue, but we still have to pay attention to it because the economy is not doing well. And also in terms of the uh, financial center status, we rank number four now behind Singapore. And uh, there are many warning steps, but we're still like uh, doing uh, very good in other places, like uh, in terms of banking, uh, bond insurance, and uh, all kinds of things, and then also a remedy, uh offshore center. So we need to strengthen our our, our 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 points, but we still have to look at the uh, drawbacks now and uh, also the weakening
2: uh, the weakening part. What's your uh, opinion, though, uh, Andy? Do you agree with the assessment that you know it's now negative?
3: Uh,
0: in terms of the economic outlook, yes. Uh, um, if you look at the direction of the economy. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned with uh, the economic growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, you look at the internal consumption is uh, getting weaker and weaker because um, there are two uh, issues here, two factors here. One, you have to consider the weakening of the real uh, estate market that affects the uh, the wealth, local wealth. And the second point is uh, many Hong Kong go back to China spend money. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So uh, that harms the internal consumption. And also look at the export performance is uh, not good. So you have a, a couple of factors that affect the performance economy. And uh, in the in the next couple of sectors, we don't see uh, there's a turnaround there. So that's a little uh, a concern here. But the main thing is about the uh, fiscal reserves mm-hmm. and the amount of money we are going to spend in the future. We're talking about the uh, Gao project and the north, uh, north part of uh, new territories. Uh, we are talking about, uh, like, uh, maybe trillions of dollars here. And, uh, financial secretary Paul Chang has said that, uh, instead of like using local, uh, local fund and, uh, we need to waste money because we need to borrow money. But that, uh, we did reviews that, uh, because of our weakening, uh, fiscal reserve, uh, that, that, that's the reason why we have to borrow money, but we do have a a link system with the concern with if uh, we lose t- too much local reserves and uh, that will harm the stability of the link rate uh, the link system so uh combined with all the things I've just said uh that is a warning, but uh, it's not an alarming uh To the extent that we should be really have to like uh, jump into, (laughs) jump in this, jump in the ocean. But uh, I think we still have, uh, we still have the many things to do, but uh, the external conditions are not good too. We are facing like a very high interest rate and weakening of the global economy. So uh, we still do have, uh, we still have to do the best we can do and uh, look for maybe like, when the Chinese economy turn around, and uh, we can uh, borrow that uh, uh, positive factor, and also we do, we have to do our job. We have to mm-hmm. think uh, hard to <clears throat> strengthen our economy in terms of externally
1: and internally. Uh, Ambassador Hanawi, when you were representing the Egyptian government to to uh, to London or here in Hong Kong, um, uh, would there be? Ratings uh, Would the ratings agencies make pronouncements about the Egyptian economy that you were expected to make comment on or respond to? I mean, how important are they uh, to people that are in government trying to figure out, you know, how they should respond?
4: Um, as um, if, if, if you don't look at it from the economic perspective, because you have to go back and um, <laughs> um, examine the whole sort of economic system that we've been, um, all of us have got to go through as countries or... Or individuals, and um, Moody is, uh, is actually, I think, currently is just a, multi- a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet this index um, seems to come out at certain times. So, so from a, a cynical political, um, as, a, as a as a a diplomat, or uh, 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 we we used to look at the timing of of these recommendations and why they were done. Um, yes, the international. Sort of economic picture is not doing very well. It's not looking very bright for two, uh, 2024. Everyone is doing as as, as hard. I mean, the, their best to to deal with all these circumstances that we. Um, I mean, we don't have to go into those details. Mm. Um, but but yeah, the timing of the um, of the announcement and also tying it to China. Um, I'm not trying to go into conspiracies or. or mm. uh, yes, it is based on on sound uh, uh, analytical data. Um, yet um we were expected also to answer we are, we're not doing very well according to moody as well i mean egypt i don't represent egypt <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the government anymore so i'm only yeah. trying to get uh just getting a little historical perspective
1: yeah i mean like you know back in the back in the day you know well, when you when you were as anybody like would you get asked and like would governments just kind of look at this and be like yeah okay whatever you guys you have your moment it's a 24-hour news cycle no big deal or would you like you know or was it was it something that you would take on very seriously well,
4: we take it on very seriously because it really affected I mean especially in in emerging economies as they call them, or, or or non uh, underdeveloped economies mm. yeah you, you were always struggling to to catch up and uh, and when something like this comes out and we don't have we didn't have the same resources as Hong Kong would have so you had to rely on a lot of borrowing and uh, and it's not just the moody index then with would the affect the the, the the IMF and would affect other loans from, uh, from the World Bank and, and, and bilateral loans. So yes, it, we took it very seriously mm. and you had to adjust in ways that sometimes did not uh, take into consideration uh, internal social pressure.
2: I mean, does it really affect investor confidence that much? Because you mentioned like, Moody is, is like a, you know, really a, just a business a company. And you know when they do something like this, for example like if they say oh it's from stable to negative i mean i guess short term it does affect somewhat but what about the long term then? does it also you know affect it as well
4: it's probably an indicator for longer term uh, symptoms of the economy mm-hmm. i personally from my my own perspective i'm not an economist mm-hmm. i believe that it does affect the mood, <laughs> <from> mood. <laughs> um, and and and, well, it didn't stop the the, the, the FII of, of coming to Hong Kong oh. or the government of Hong Kong has been working tirelessly to, to try to engage with the Middle East uh, or parts of the Middle East that have accumulated wealth to, to, to look for options where they can diversify the economy and they, cannot, uh, they don't have to um, fall sort of under a lot of pressure from uh, the... U.S.-China relations and, and, and um, the, the kind of uh, economic sort of uh, tension that you would have. Oh. So, so it didn't stop the Saudis who are trailblazing uh, through uh, what's going on, regardless of even what the region is experiencing. The region of the Middle East is quite uh, hot at the moment, uh, but yet they are just focusing on what they want to do with the, with the future, uh, regardless of, of any indicators perfect
1: opportunity to pivot to uh, the Future Investment Initiative Institute Summit. So you have this summit going on right now in Hong Kong, and it's it's primarily uh, bridges between the Middle East, or as some of my friends like to call it, West Asia, uh, and uh, and this part of the world.
4: Um, you
1: know, when you were at the, you, I trust you've been at the conference for the past couple of days?
4: Uh, I was uh, briefly yesterday, and uh, I was at the uh, gala dinner of the Asia Society, by, uh, invited by Ronnie Chan, who's... Actually, he's traveled. Yeah, he's traveled. (laughs) Yeah, we love Ronnie. I mean, you you know, Ronnie's doing, he's very curious and what he's doing is building that layer that did not exist much between, and I thank you for calling it West Asia because the Middle East is a term that, the West, from the West, were categorizing how far East you were. Yeah, and um, and uh, yeah, he's he's gone to Saudi Arabia, and he's gone in a different uh, sort of apart from all the government work that that has been done. Um, he's been trying to get the cultural bridges and get people to talk to each other a bit more. Um, some of the other people in the city are just trying to find an opportunity to make quick um, uh, gains financially. I think that. Um, Yes, it's an opportunity, finally, to talk about the future and the possibilities between these two regions. Um, more high officials from Saudi Arabia have attended this than, I think, in the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years in Hong Kong. So these are good signs from what the government has been doing since uh, uh, the, the CE's, uh, John Lee's visit in, in February. And uh, it all kicked off pretty much with the um, Arab china summit that was held in saudi arabia back in november last year Mm. um
1: yeah i I, we're quite it's interesting you see ronnie chan's doing that i mean he was always seen as the big america file maybe he's making a pivot over to uh over to, over to West Asia, uh, a little bit more in his focus. But when, when you have something like the Moody's rating news comes out, um, does, is anybody at the conference talking about it? Or are they just more interested in the deals that they can get done? You know, they, Are they just looking for good investments they can make? And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Moody's. You know, I've got a deal on the table that I think is going to work.
4: Well, the, the, there's a lot of love going around <clears> the <throat> Yeah, you know, from 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 Hong Kong towards that part of the world, which was not normally uh, an area of interest in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Arab world is very um, geopolitically influenced in how they make decisions. They also are very personal, um, like the Chinese. They need to get used to the people, or where they invest and where they will have reserves uh, moved. Uh, traditionally, they did this to the West. And now it's it's a relationship that is uh, that needs to grow. And I think that everyone is interested in finding out how far we can go uh, with this uh, relationship. So I do not, I didn't feel that that moody, um, I, I think a lot of people like myself were questioning the timing of it.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, Andy, you know, I just want to get back mm-hmm. to you on this, you know. The FII are having this summit now, and I think I believe a few weeks or was it a few months uh, back there was another financial summit. You know how important is it mm. to have these summits in Hong Kong? Is is it, is it in a way to let the world know that you know Hong Kong is still like a financial hub?
0: Uh, it's a good marketing strategy. Also, uh, it tells people that uh, Hong is still alive and well <laughs> in that respect. But uh, we 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 do see the uh what the government is doing right now try to have a tighter relationship with middle east countries mm-hmm. and uh we all know that uh, some some countries they are very rich and they, they also want to explore uh, certain uh outside opportunities okay such as in asia uh i think it's a good way and also due to the geopolitical to uh, tension here and uh hong has to find, find a new avenue okay of finding a new gold mine Okay, to date, so uh, uh, Saudi Arabia or the Middle East countries are are the correct target there, and if we are able to establish a good relationship with them, and uh, if they have more uh, listing, so-called, the, we lost last one, okay, the, the oil company that uh, they decide not to list in Hong Kong, but uh, there are many other countries there, so uh, we we can attract their capital since they are wealthy countries. And uh, also, we need to explore more things in Asia. So I think this kind of a uh, summit, or along with the BIS uh, conference, uh, also the uh, I think last month the international the central banks, right? For the those conferences, and uh, I think those are good uh, marketing skills, are uh, marketing points, and try to show the world we are doing well in that respect. But we do have to come back. We we are not. We do. We do bad in, we have done bad in uh, IPO, but so does uh, so is Singapore, okay? And, but we are doing okay in other aspects. Like uh, we're still like uh, the so-called the um, Asia international, uh, in terms of Asian uh, international bond insurance, we're still number one. And we have a uh, private wealth, uh, so-called the management center with uh, the one of the best in uh, in the world, so uh, we have to look at the other strings and we have other good points. But but that is a little bit of like a wake-up call. Like we still have to work hard to try to uh, improve ourselves, try to compete with other countries. With,
1: with bringing people here for a week or you know three or four days for financial conference is one thing. But how about uh, re-establishing Hong Kong competitively as a business center? People putting companies here, establishing bank accounts. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, Ambassador Hanawi, what is the sense you get from when you're trying to build those links, when people come here? Are they telling you, yeah, I can register a company? Yes, I can get a bank account, which was not easy a couple of years ago. It was a real challenge. Uh, you know, people were complaining about finding hard to open bank accounts. I mean, uh, when you bring people in here now, or can you confidently say, yes, we'll go down to the company's registry, get you set up? Yes, we'll go to HSBC and open up accounts for you at the bank. You know, we, we can we can make things happen, and this can be your, your Asia center. Do, do you find that, that that is a claim you can confidently make and execute on? You're going to
4: get me in trouble here. No, it's not as easy as, uh, and, and judging from my own experience setting up my company, um, Hong Kong definitely has a lot of instruments, financial instruments and advantages. Uh, it has traditionally, uh, has, has, has had that traditionally. Um, it's up to a lot of competition uh, talking about IPOs Um, Saudi Arabia is being very aggressively promoting IPOing in Saudi Arabia they are working on infrastructure in their country a lot of its money it's being or 2030 plan uh, by his royal highness the uh, Mohammed bin Salman known as MBS um, Mm -hmm. is is to try to repatriate the money Mm -hmm. Uh, so is the UAE So uh, Hong Kong has got its its work cut out for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the um, accumulated wealth in some countries of the so-called Middle East, which is a political term, is is a gold mine. Mm -hmm. But that gold mine uh, is trying to be uh, (laughs) dug by everyone in the world, not just Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So Hong Kong... Uh, Businessmen need to understand that, that there are a lot of other people in line. I mean, Saudi Arabia is really like the biggest game in town at the moment. So, and Arabs are extremely uh, generous and courteous, but um, Arab hospitality should not be confused with, uh, with doing business. Uh, the Gulf Arabs are extremely uh, shrewd uh, business people. So, is there a frequency of people uh, comfortably moving their money from switzerland or or even america even even in deteriorating sort of uh, geopolitical interests between america and some gulf countries or difficulty in, in in royals going in with their entourage which is easier in other countries mm. it is still i'm still finding it um, it's happening but it's it's still uh, slow yeah so in okay. other
2: words, there's still room for improvement, I guess. But I, I, I want to ask about, you know, um, uh, Middle East investments in Hong Kong. I mean, right now, because I, I don't know much about it right now in Hong Kong. Do you see a lot of investments
4: in Hong Kong coming from uh, the Middle East? I, I, I think that probably the best formula is to have joint interests. Uh, when you when you visit the Middle East and then that will encourage them to double list, uh, where then the two two cultures which have not uh, really engaged or exchanged much in the past uh, can feel a bit more comfortable because both both regions are under um, increasing pressure from the West uh, and its financial institutions. Uh, because that's what the one that was cashing in on all these reserves in the Middle East. So you have to understand if that money starts moving here, uh, that will make someone else um, not 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 very happy. So mm. so you have to handle all of these, and and at the same time, it's all a matter of trust, uh, and uh, and um, and weighing your your the cost of of moving your reserves and what what do you do and how you move it. So the FII is a a non governmental institute that was uh that that is head by the uh, head of the uh, uh saudi sovereign fund so it's it's uh, it's extremely good for hong kong that he brought this i think is the first chapter that they've done outside um outside uh, saudi arabia and the first place to do it in asia and uh, they also brought the aramco golf uh tournament for ladies and they're bringing live here in March. So the Saudi uh, establishment uh, is, is, uh, is keen on showing that they're interested in Hong Kong's connection with China. Is this, is, this city, is this city prepared to receive them? You know, like when I think,
1: so for example, in medical tourism, uh, you know, Thailand is the undisputed king, Boram Garad, and all this, and, and you know, they did it right in that they have a whole hospital wing that is devoted, that, that is, the food is all halal. They have morning yeah. pra- they have prayers five times a day. Yeah. I mean, if you are from one of these countries and especially if you are very, uh, very devout in your religion, you can feel comfortable going to Boromgorod Hospital for medical tourism because, you know, they've done it for you. But I mean, if they come to Hong Kong, are they going to, for the, whether it's a golf tournament or are they going to be able to find halal restaurants that are, you know, at a level they want to be at, not some back alley place that one guy runs? I mean, like like proper restaurants and nice places to stay that they're going to feel comfortable
4: in. Well, they, um, um, I, I agree with you. Um, it is very true. Um, Malaysia would be an easier place because it's a mostly halal food for a lot of the people. Now, I mean, not, not all Muslims... Uh, Arabs just eat halal food but sure, the majority will others, try yeah. will try not to yeah. and, and, and pork is, a, is really a, a huge problem so if you do not understand the language and if you do not understand the menu mm-hmm. um, I find that transport, uh, taxis mostly do not speak English uh, uh, so, so yes if you were coming from that part of the world and you were used to be treated in, an, in a certain way in Asia Mm -hmm. Uh, in the Philippines and in Thailand or Malaysia uh, you might struggle definitely to to enjoy your stay here Um, Mm -hmm. and yes in terms of the medical tourism it's either the West or, or Thailand. It does not go beyond that. Traditionally, it doesn't. No, so yeah, would, there's a lot to build on. I, would, I wouldn't
1: suggest Hong Kong. I was just using that as an example. But we've got, we've got a couple of minutes before the break. Uh, we know that Amir is going to be continuing with us. Ambassador Amir is going to continue with us. Uh, Andy Kwan, you've got a couple of minutes uh, before you go. Mm. Uh, actually, how long do you have? You have one minute. If you can give me a one-minute hit mm. on what do you think Hong Kong could do uh, that would work to improve its ratings. Let's close on that.
0: I think uh, this is a difficult year in terms of IPO fundraising, but we still need to uh, work hard to attract more companies to come to Hong Kong to do IPO. Um, That is the uh, the main uh, task next year. Also, we need to diversify, like uh, to try to attract more family business and also try to establish certain, like uh, maybe Create a quicker market in Hong Kong and uh, other things along with other things. we need to diversify. That's the whole thing. Once you diversify, you reduce the risk and then even you face the headwinds, you can minimize the damage of headwinds.
1: All right. Diversify, reduce risk, and then maybe we can improve, uh, get, you know, with, with Moody's at least. Moody's is the only <laughs> one that gave us a, a change in our rating. The, other, the others have all held the line and not made major changes. Uh, okay, just wanted to get that dig in. Before we break, I'd, first of all, I'd like to say thank you very much to Andy Kwan, director at ACE Business thank Center. You. Thank you very much uh, for joining us here today. On Backchat, uh, also, we're going to be continuing with Ambassador Amir El who is a former very senior diplomat with the Egyptian Diplomatic Service, now building links between West Asia and this part of the world. Uh, we are going to have a quick hit on the weather. Having a look out there, Philip, what have we got? We got sunny periods, mainly cloudy tonight. Uh, Maximum
2: but- temperature, 24 degrees, moderate easterly winds. Outlook, mainly cloudy in the next couple of days, and the weather will be relatively humid and warm when
1: midweek next week. Wow, Philip, I just love how you picked up a double act on the weather. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be back with some more talk about uh, Hong Kong's status as an international financial center. And after the break, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift Times Person of the Year. And now we're going to take for a news at the half hour. It's now 21 degrees Celsius, 71% humidity. And now the news with Barry O'Rourke. Israel continues its intense bombardment of the Gaza Strip as health facilities and humanitarian aid efforts are
0: crumbling due to intense fighting. UN Security Council is expected to discuss the situation in Gaza later today as countries press for a ceasefire. The social media giant Meta is rolling out end-to-end encryption for calls and messages across its Facebook and Messenger platforms. Such encryption means that no one other than the sender and the recipient, not even Meta, can decipher people's messages. And Armenia and Azerbaijan say they will move towards normalising relations and will exchange prisoners captured during the fighting in Nagorno-Karabakh. The two neighbours have been involved in a decades-long conflict over the disputed territory. We'll have more news on the hour from RTHK.
5: Employer Charter 2024 of the Labor Department is now open for enrollment. It aims at encouraging employers, irrespective of the scale of their companies, to adopt family friendly employment practices and flexible work arrangements, which lead to win win situations for employers and employees. The enrollment will end on March 31, 2024. For details, please visit the website at gec.labor.gov.hk.
4: People who are patriotic and have an affection for Hong Kong and who are capable and aspire to serve can make our community better. The District Council ordinary election is just two days away. Remember to bring your identity card and choose your preferred candidate. Let's build a better community together. Cast your vote at DC election for a better community. Remember to vote.
1: All right. And we are back on Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work, joined today by Philip Wong. And uh, we are continuing with us talking about Hong Kong's status as an international financial center uh, is Ambassador Amir El-Hanawi, who is the former consul general uh, to Hong Kong from the nation of Egypt uh, and now building links between here and there. And places all around both. So, uh, fantastic. We're also joined today by George Cotherley, Hong Kong-born veteran businessman and former vice chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce. George, welcome uh, to the show this morning.
3: Good
1: morning, Andrew. Good, Good, Good morning, everyone. Good morning, George. Uh, I guess, you know, you're joining us uh, kind of midway through the party. So, uh, first up, we'll get your quick hit on the Moody's uh, rating change, changing Hong Kong's outlook from uh, stable to negative. Um, I mean, other other ratings agencies have not chosen to make a change in how they're looking at Hong Kong? What's your quick take on that?
3: Well, I mean, you can't say it won't have any effect because it probably will, will affect the sentiment of some people. But you've got to remember that you know, Hong Kong's primary role um, as an international financial center is the interface between China and the international business community. So I think what affects Hong Kong's role mostly is the economic situation in China. Um, And I think also regarding the Moody's uh, report, um, I think most financial professionals will make their own evaluation, irrespective of Moody's evaluation, because they're probably closer to the action than Moody's is.
2: And George, just a really quick take um, just about the Moody uh, report. Aside from the credit outlook changing from stable to negative, the other thing is they actually stay the same for the long-term issuer rating at AA3. Uh, How important is that?
3: Well, I I think it's somewhat contradictory in a way. Mm. Um, If you're you're going to say the rating is good in the long term, why why change in the short (laughs) term? Um, and, and I mean, the thing I, I didn't like about the Moody's um, was was this uh, point that uh, too much integration with China, and I think they misunderstand what we mean by integration. What we mean by integration is uh, working more closely in a business context with China, which is how you generate more business in the first place. So I think they've misunderstood. Uh, we're, we're not we're not subsuming all our uh, systems to uh, meet with, with with China. We're continuing on with our system under one country, two two systems. Um, so I, I think that's disappointing that they can't understand that.
1: Mm. I guess there's a little bit of a difference in that you know in China a lot of the business is, is government directed. The government has priorities. They ask government to go along with. Whereas in Hong Kong, uh, you know the role is mostly try to create an environment where business can do you know can can thrive and then they do what they want. I mean, they they choose what decisions they make, you know, what investment decisions they want to make, where they want to operate, what markets they want to expand into. Um, Whereas China, that's a little different. I mean, do you think that perception of those, that distinction is changing or do you think it's still very...
3: Well, I I mean, I I don't see any evidence that Hong Kong business uh, is allowing decisions to be made for it. Mm -hmm. Um, The overall structure uh, still maintains the same. Um, I think, of course... Uh, governments from time to time do like to try and pick winner segments. Mm. Um, and uh, they're not necessarily the best people to do that. China does certainly do that. Um, but, within, but within that framework, you as a businessman uh, can still run your business based on how you see fit and, and how you think it will prosper by decisions you make.
1: Mm. Yeah, Um, Ambassador uh, Hanawi, is there when people come here? Do they have a clear distinction between okay, this is how Hong Kong works, and that's how China works, and you know we're interested in doing business in China, we're interested in doing business in Hong Kong, but they're two different things. Is is that, or are they, or do they tend to see Hong Kong and China as you know one and the same? What what is the perception of them as as distinct business environments?
4: I I think the perception uh, until very recently was uh, mostly influenced by what you read in the media, the media that that you're exposed to. Um, I think for the uh, financial uh, experts, they do understand the, the, the tools that the city has, but um, you, you can see by the lack of presence uh, from nationals or entities here on a regular basis in Hong Kong, uh, that there might be lacking a bit of understanding of the difference. Um, I think that also the campaign that was uh, in the papers for the last two years, about what's happened since 2019, it has led also like uh, it did perhaps uh, to Moody's uh, assessment that uh, that people do not see the difference in in, in how this is managed with uh, with China. So. Um, as an international city that is competing with a lot of other international cities uh, in a future that is looking uh, slightly negative for the next two years uh, perhaps uh, maintaining an international uh, flavor in terms of cultural uh, events uh, services will provide uh, um, more of a reason for people to come here and like myself What I understand now would not have uh, that would not be at all my view if I if I was uh, reading about Hong Kong from a different country. Hmm, Interesting. I've got a
1: comment here from uh, one of our listeners, Henry. Henry says, I don't trust S&P or Moody's ratings. I remember back in the 2008 financial tsunami, the ratings uh, were all criticized for not changing the ratings on the U.S. fast enough and with foresight. Clearly, there was political consideration behind it for a U.S. rating organization to downgrade a U.S. rating to a status commensurate with financial tsunami is just unthinkable and a taboo. In the current political climate against China and Hong Kong, I am not surprised by their change in rating for Hong Kong. Uh, the important thing is that Hong Kong must act and do the right thing for itself. That's from Henry. Uh, he makes a good point. 2008, when they got it so wrong, I used to say, you know, where the, where the ratings were moody and the standards were poor. Um, you know, they really, they really blew it. And yet we still, we still hang on their every word. Um, you know, even even going forward, even though they made such a disastrous call on on things like CDOs and CDSs in two thousand and eight, um, do you guys think a lot of the financial community takes those ratings with a grain of salt now? After you know, I mean, it, yeah, it's fifteen years on, but still, Henry remembers two thousand and eight, and so do yeah. I. Um, I would uh,
3: think I, I would I would think that certainly financial professionals uh, will be quite objective about. Uh, the value of those ratings, um, so they have plenty of, of, of information on what the situation is on the ground. So I think they will discount uh, those ratings um, if they uh, don't com- comf- you know, comply with their view of the situation.
4: Yeah, Ambassador AI. I think AI is going to change all. <laughs> You'll have. I mean, why should we continue to have the same? As you said, it's, uh, they, they've proven. Of course, they're, they're not. They're, they shouldn't uh i guess I've guessed everything correctly but yes it could be politically motivated i will take your rating at i mean if i was an egyptian government i would take your ratings anytime compared to what they have about the egyptian prospect uh, mm-hmm. uh, economy but isn't it time maybe that we should start looking at different instruments like wh- why is this rating still um as important as it should be like uh i, I don't know personally from from a personal uh, point of view, and where are they where are they making these ratings from and, and how they assess them and the timing uh, these are all things in, in in the current international order that are being tested i think and and what the movement and the, the this, this relationship that is happening now between uh, china and and some countries in in western asia as you as you say, rightly said is is testing the um, the systems or or institutions that we have had since uh, Second World War, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do tend to cling to the old things. I mean, look look at how long it took us for Europe to get off LIBOR, even after it was shown to be fantastically (laughs) corrupt and flawed. Yeah. I mean, we're still using the same rating agencies that failed us in 2008. Um, But I guess, you know, you got to go with something, but you make an interesting point that AI Maybe it will be the next the next phase, and who, who knows Definitely. how Hong Kong will fare into that. Um, George, you were involved with the International Chamber of Commerce. Um, are, what are you hearing out there? Are you still, you're still in touch with people in the international business community. Um, it, you seem to, you, you kind of made the statement in your opening salvo that you know Hong Kong is about connecting to China. But what about Hong Kong as a connection point to the rest of Asia? About you know um, providing a capital raising to... platform for Thai companies or you yeah. know Taiwanese companies or Filipino companies?
3: No, I, I said it's the connection between China and the international business community. Mm. Um, And it's something in in terms of the financial connection, and it's something that actually, if you look back in history, it had its origins back in the late 1870s, early 1880s, when HSBC, which was then known as the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank, Mm. started opening branches in countries that were the sources or destinations of the flows of China trade, um, so we've always been very aware of what's happening worldwide, and and uh, setting you know setting our sights on an international view of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and of course now, of course, you know beyond uh, this part of Asia to West Asia, Ambassador. Um,
4: yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, it, it, we. I, I think Hong Kong was seen as a. As an international city to the whole region and uh, the gateway to China, um, uh, but, but also there's a lot more um, contact with mainland China now. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where, where Hong Kong might want to uh, clarify, especially to people from our region which were not uh, very aware of, of, of all the um, advantages that Hong Kong had. Within the region, too, it's, uh, it's real status and potential.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you, when you are building those links um, between West Asia and China, do you tell people, listen, you should just go directly into Shanghai and set up there? Or do you say, no, actually, the Chinese companies you want to deal with, they all have a like, commercial presence in Hong Kong, and it's, you know, it's, it's better to use Hong Kong? Like, is, is it still a gateway? Because you know, there, there was definitely a phase when people said, no, just go direct to China. You don't have to go through Hong Kong anymore. Um, or do you think there's still value in you know, setting up in Hong Kong and you know, working with your mainland Chinese counterparts through a Hong Kong?
4: The editing. competition is very, uh, is, is very strong, and even with, with, with cities in China. And it is expensive to operate out of Hong Kong if you're coming here on your own. True. So, so and, and then you cannot overlook what happened in the last three or four years of the negative... Uh, reviews that they read through the paper so mm-hmm. when i talk to a lot of people they say no um, everyone's gone to singapore and if i can go to the uae it's three hours away and speaks arabic and i like the food and whatever so uh-huh. so to have them come all the way here because they think and and of course there's a huge influx from chinese companies and chinese interests mm-hmm. over there already so you can actually touch them and feel them there already You don't have to come to hong kong to interact with them because of the many events that they're having in uh, in, in in the gulf an ambassador just really quick um, we only have a few minutes left um well, i want to talk
2: about opportunities and one of the things that you mentioned is ai i think ai is going to be a huge massive opportunity for, for, for everyone but you know in the fii summit one of the major talking points was about green energy you know what do you think of it you know yourself do you see it as if, as a you know massive opportunity in the future
4: Absolutely, green energy, food security. I mean, look, it, it, that that part of the world is open to any. If it is, if it's got something to do with technology in the future, tech, not tech as in startups, whatever, but in any of the uh, uh, big industries that that are required for growth, uh, there's a huge market for it. Uh, but uh, mostly for establishing companies there and investing over at the uh, um, in the Gulf. Yeah, I, I think it's you know and I'm I'm
1: obviously very late to the party, but I will be going to not not one but two big business events in uh, West Asia this year, one in Bahrain and one in uh, Dubai, uh, one in crypto. And the other uh, and angel, the kind of it's called the World Business Angel Investment Forum. So uh, I don't know. It seems it seems like things are starting to start. Even I have been pulled into this uh, now and we'll be we'll be heading over there. Um, George Cogley, uh, just before you go, um, I mean, uh, are you seeing that as well? Are you are you talking to more people that are doing business over uh, in, in West Asia?
3: Um, I, I, mostly I'm Southeast Asia, Asia. Um, but uh, certainly, there is some uh, people I do talk to um, do do look at West Asia, West Asia, and I myself have been to Dubai um, to to look at the situation there. Um, so yes, I I, I think uh, it's it's a market that people are beginning to become more aware of um, as as uh, having good potential.
1: Fantastic! I picked up this term West Asia. I, I run the Self Storage Association okay. in Asia, and we've we've got members in Jordan and uh, and Dubai, and they're like. West Asia, that's it. So, so we are popularizing this term, George. I'm glad you picked up on it immediately. I
3: will, I will, I will keep on with it, yes. Sir.
1: I like this. I like, they said, we want to be part of your club. That's the game, you know. Yeah, fantastic. We can, all, we can all be part of the same team. I love it. That's George. Thank you very much to George Codderley, Hong Kong-born Thank veteran you. businessman, vice, former vice chairman of the International... Chamber of Commerce. And thank you to Ambassador Amir El Hanawi, who is the former Egyptian Consul General to Hong Kong, now resident here, a part of our community in building links with West Asia. Thank you very much both for joining us.
3: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on
2: 23388 266 and have your say.
1: All right, we're we're back on back, back chat, and yeah. we are getting a. Uh, we're really stretching uh, the the limits of our, our ability to deal with different topics today because we are going straight from Hong Kong's financial rating and its status as an international uh, uh, an international uh, financial center, Philip, right into Taylor Swift. Are you ready for this? To Tay Tay, as you call it. To Tay Tay, let's change gears. Here we go. <laughs> Elizabeth Kerr is a film critic and arts and culture commentator. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. No. Not a problem? Not a problem? Okay. Um, the big shock. I mean, yeah, she's having a great year. Sure, she's a huge megastar, but uh, put up against the likes of uh, Vladimir Putin. And I, I think I should probably let listeners know that Time's person of the year, uh, which is why we're talking about this, is Time's person of the year is not necessarily a good person. It is somebody who's had the most impact on world events. So in the past, it's been people like Hitler, Gandhi. Uh, last year, I think, was Zelensky. The year before was Elon Musk's. Why have we got Taylor Swift this year when, you know, you could have argued for others?
5: That's a good question. And I wish I had a really witty, wonderful answer for you.
1: <laughs> do you okay, uh, so, but I don't. Do you, do um, you agree? Is- did, did, time, did time hit the mark or are they kind of lost the plot?
5: Well, considering that the point of the person of the year has never been to, yeah, as you pointed out, it's never been to be a good person necessarily. It's to be somebody who made news or, you know, shifted events or quote unquote changed the world for whatever reason or however you consider change. Um, so I guess, you know, in that way, I guess she's a a fine choice. I mean, this year, I guess, considering the tour and considering the how well the movie of the tour is doing, uh, you could say that you know, all roads have led here kind of thing. Her entire career to this point has come to this. So this is kind of like the capper year so far. So it's it's as good a year as any to pick her. Um, as a, as an artist to pick, she's probably the right, a better choice than somebody like, who also has a, a concert movie in theaters right now, Beyonce. Yep. Because if one thing we've all learned about Taylor Swift is that she's non-confrontational, she's not challenging, she's safe, boring,
1: Non just
5: non, for yeah. masses and masses of people.
1: Mm, like non confrontational to her listeners. I mean, she's kind of built a career on trashing yeah. her ex boyfriends, hasn't she? <laughs> Isn't that like the topic <laughs> sure. of half her songs? Sure.
5: <laughs> sure, of course she has. But uh, name a comment, name a singer or band or anybody who hasn't written. Uh, Carly Simon became famous for "You're So vain. I mean, yeah, yeah. Coming at her for that is in very typical kind of. male white male dominated media oh let's go after her because she's trashing white men sit down just take it just be quiet mick jagger did it it was fine just leave her alone that's not you know the the content of her music isn't necessarily um a big enough defining moment safe in the sense that that's exactly it she sings about her broken heart um uh her her mildly broken heart her really broken heart uh her new boyfriend her old boyfriend and maybe um some pretty landscapes she's not challenging Mm. and at this point in time when you've got war in the middle east you've got war in ukraine you've got elon musk doing whatever it is he's doing you've got (laughs) insulting his
1: advertisers
5: (laughs) Oh, there you go. You're welcome. Oh, but he has, You've got he has, he... rampant, rampant billionaires, you know, being more billionaire than ever at a time when the economy everywhere in the world is sputtering. Um, you know, she's she's a nice, warm, boring blanket that you can kind of wrap yourself in and go, OK, just turn it off for a little while. She's, you know, the the musical equivalent of a Disney movie.
2: I'm, I'm trying to figure out <laughs> I'm actually struggling trying to figure out how she got the person of the year. Um, in I, in a sense, her competitors in the shortlist was also Barbie. I mean, surely Barbie should have got it, right? But I mean, t- Taylor Swift. do you happen to watch her movie, Elizabeth? I don't think it was shown in Hong Kong, or maybe I'm not. Oh aware. no, it was
1: shown in Hong Kong. Was it? Oh, I, oh I feel like an yeah, old
2: person. Cannot, oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I mean, what what well, that, do you think that's... of of that movie, Elizabeth? Was it was it that that made her you know ch- selected?
5: No, no, not hmm. at all. Um. The movie was, as concert films... Go, I mean, it was fine. It was long. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're new to Taylor Swift, you're not going to figure out why she's such a big deal by watching that movie, because listening to her songs back to back to back to back, back, they're all kind of the same. Um, I, I knew maybe half of... No, I actually knew three of them, um, kind of recognized a, a few others, but in the end, they all kind of blended together. And it, as a film, it certainly wasn't you know a cutting-edge... Uh, A revolutionary kind of, you know, for the form of the concert film. It wasn't The Last Waltz. It Mm. wasn't Stop Making Sense. So it's not the film that did it. I think it's literally context. Mm. It's all about the context. Right now, we want something safe. Mm. We want something that is not going to upset your day any more than just turning on the news does. Okay. So... You know, and context has a lot to do with it. Um, All those people, all those bad people you mentioned earlier, it was all a matter of context for their choice. You Mm. know, Um, she's a nice, she's a nice one to also go, oh, look at, look at the, you know, okay, the boyfriend's one thing, but oh, she's overcome such, such awful, awful um, business practices. She's a young woman in this, in this you know, full of uh, an industry full of wolves. She had to deal with Scooter Braun. She reclaimed her her own art. She put up with Kanye West at the MTV Awards. She uh,
1: none, none of this is registering with I, me. My, you know, I'm an, I'm an old I'm an old guy yeah. in Asia. Maybe my daughters would be all over this. I, I'm gonna you know I'm I'm going to the Time article um, and I'm gonna like you know give some of their things. that sound a little more uh you know a little more so of course, they talk about the movie, one of the things that they talk about and and you kind of touched on it reclaimed her art she when she did the movie she didn't go through the movie studios or the streamers uh like your yep. netflix type she she did her she did her own deal with a m c the movie cinema uh the movie cinema company and uh, apparently this was you know considered quite groundbreaking uh in terms of you know, changing the way the relationship and not having to go through the intermediaries. They cite there are at least 10 college classes devoted to her, including one at Harvard. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. c- comparing Swift's but work to the poll. a
5: class dedicated to her. It's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. Tr- time for me to get a class dedicated to me. That's what we need. The, stud- the, the study of Andrew Work <laughs> on Backchat. That's what we're talking about. Um, you know, there's claims that she, she has transformed the viewership of the Kansas City Chiefs football team by dating one of the players. I mean these are things that maybe people in Asia find a little a little remote American football
5: but you know there it is. Um, Yeah but by the same token I read an interesting piece a couple weeks ago um one of the United States arguably most um accomplished gymnasts of all time uh what's your name tiny little thing um yes also
1: also dating a football player Uh,
5: Yeah, she's dating a football player issue, but they're both black. So who gives a crap about them? This is this is something that time is never going to to work into their story about the person of the year. There's a race issue. There's a race element involved with Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the picture of the nice white blonde girl. If she called the police ever, she'd be a Karen. And <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. She's so she's 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 got this kind of. Speaking of back chat, she's got this backlash on her side and she's riding that wave of uh, a regression to conservatism in the States, especially in the States. Um, This kind of pushback on women's rights. She never says anything about politics. She is uh, very manipulative and extremely not constructed, calculating in what she says to the media and what she doesn't say to the media and how coy she. she's always the victim like no matter what happens right or wrong somehow she's the victim in all of these these industry stories and you're like oh I don't know about that because A B and C uh, she's just she's a master manipulator and she's she's playing the media like a fiddle like a guitar which is not easy rather.
1: now i mean like uh,
5: which is not no which is and not easy it's easy
1: to make a misstep
5: yeah i don't begrudge her any of this i mean she's that age where she's been able to sit back and watch all of this history unfold and go Okay, well, that's what Madonna did wrong, and that's what Joan Jett did wrong, and that's what Aretha Franklin did wrong. And oh, as Aretha would say, "Greatest this, lovely gowns, lovely gowns." That—that um, that was Aretha uh, Franklin's comment a few years ago about Taylor Swift. Lovely gowns, lovely gowns. Um, <laughs> okay. Ooh. Oh, Aretha, master of shade. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, so she looked at all these all these people in the past and went, "This is where they stumbled. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done this. Mm, don't do that." OK, there you go. Boom. And you get Taylor Swift. She is absolutely 100 percent constructed and she is absolutely in control of her own career, which is commendable.
1: So she's a power. She's a power player. And uh, maybe maybe oh, that absolutely. does make it worth putting her at the top of the list.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. All roads have led to this year for her. So, you know, I mean, everybody forgets she was a country singer, a, a middling country singer as well huh. you know, a long time hmm. ago. And then she realized at some point, oh, oh. Uh, this isn't going to really work with the brand i'm creating so let's get away from country music too many guns too many pickup trucks you know too much homophobia and racism so i'll go over here
1: and it was a winning play by all measures so you she, absolutely so she's she's the master of this um uh, you know culturally relevant i guess is the term uh, but the choice is made by time magazine and is Time Magazine culturally relevant? I think probably for a lot of people, this is the one time a year that people are aware of their existence. My kids know Taylor Swift. You know, if I bring up this topic, they're gonna to be like, what is Time Magazine anyways? Like, what yeah. is that? Like, I, I mean, are they, do you think there's a certain measure of them trying to ride her wave up and, and get themselves, you know, every, every year, this is their one chance to, to have some relevance?
5: 100%, time, I mean, <laughs> I think at the time when I was a child, maybe I looked at the pictures, um, I remember when it was Time Life. Let's not forget, mm-hmm. and who? What happened to Life Magazine? Oh, right, yeah, I think they made a movie about that once a few years back. Time is extreme. Time, uh, Sports Illustrated, Rolling Stone. Regardless of what mm-hmm. Jan Wenner or whatever his name would like to think, these are these are dinosaurs of of a different media landscape. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Time doesn't even pretend to be a news magazine anymore it, uh, it reports news that its advertisers would rather it report rather than the actual news um have you read time for news recently um, do, do you enough. know even know where to get it i mean, do I, a I, website? I don't know you know this is the thing and yeah they're absolutely trying to uh to to raise their own profile on uh, on hers yeah for sure
2: yeah elizabeth i'm going to you know, rely on you and ask you for advice. What will it take for me to be next year's Time of the uh, Times Person of the Year?
1: Yeah, how do we get on that
5: list? <laughs> how do you get on that list? That's right. Um, let me see here. Um, well, let's see here. Date Rihanna, drag her away from her current uh, partner and children, somehow get onto the board of directors of her massive media empire, uh, sorry, makeup empire, and. Uh, <gasps> And then say something really stupid and anti-Semitic on Twitter or whatever it was called. So
1: you so you can trend, and yeah.
5: Some some tour that goes with with making up for right, it. Just um, give that
1: me a second. That will at least
5: get you in the spotlight for a little while. Yeah.
1: Date Rihanna and then huh? ride a
5: ride, ride a rocket to Mars with Bezos or whatever.
1: That that just might do it. And it's too bad this is radio because if this was live or, or TV or streaming, people could see that Philip has got the looks. He could do it too. I mean, you know, date Rihanna not a not a That's problem right. for this handsome man. <laughs>
5: um, well absolutely okay yeah get in line buddy there's a long line for, oh, for yeah. dating male oh. female other everything so yeah <laughs> in that line all right uh, really dynamic
1: finish to the show today with elizabeth kerr film critic arts and culture commentator thank you so much uh, elizabeth this was an absolute joy um i hope we get to do it again soon sometime uh, thank you for being on with us today. Uh, we're going to be back on Backchat on Monday with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. Uh, I'm Andrew Work, and I will be here. I'll be doing a Money Talk on Monday, so you can tune in at 8 and stay with us all the way through to 10 o'clock on RTHK Radio 3. Philip Wong, thank you for joining today. Thank you to producer Raphael Leblet and our sound engineer, James Lung. This is Backchat.